Hey there, just a quick reminder, we have a mentorship program if you're looking for personalized coaching and mentorship to help guide you to the next level of your interior design business, whatever that might look like for you, whether it's processes and procedures or what services to offer to how to incorporate wellness, intention, or spirituality into your projects, come join us over at designcoven.com forward slash join. Or if you're just in search to connect with other like-minded interior designers, you can join our free community also located at designcoven.com forward slash joy. Hello, welcome to episode 91 of the Holistic Interior Design Business Podcast. And today we have a special session recording in the Design Coven or membership group. We offer sessions to dive into your business, um, strategy calls, all the things, answering all the questions, help you uncover blocks and breaking through those obstacles. And today we have one of the sessions we are diving into the notion of having procurement fees and doing purchases for clients. Um, our guest today is Nadia and she's so open to allowing me to share this episode with all of you. Her questions are fantastic. I feel like she has a lot of the same pain points that many of you might be going through. And so this is just going to be one of those sessions where we all get to learn from each other and um, the questions that we come across. Same thing with our blocks that we come across. And it's just a nice way to have somebody else look at the situation from a different perspective so that we can gain knowledge um, from their experience. And so, yes, if this is something that you would like to do as well, uh, you are welcome to schedule sessions with me. I'll put the link in our show notes. And if you are a Design Coven member, you do get special pricing. So that's just something to think about. And if you're not a Design Coven member, I encourage you to join us. We have meetings every week, um, virtual and in person. And everyone is welcome. We do a lot of virtual events for those of you that are not here in San Diego County um, that you can connect with us on. Uh, we're just a beautiful supportive group of like-minded interior designers. So yeah, I invite you all to come on board. And I also love all the DMs that I've been getting from all of you designers finding me for the first time, connecting with me. Um, it's just a beautiful time to connect and share and I encourage all that. So anyway, hope you enjoy our episode today. Like I said, it's a beautiful session with Nadia diving into procurement and blocks. You're listening to the Holistic Interior Design Business Podcast. This is a podcast that guides you as a new or inspiring independent interior designer navigating your entrepreneurial path. Here with my over 20 years experience, I will share my holistic approach to design with intention and ancient practices, including feng shui, all incorporating mind, body, and spirit into my design projects. You will also learn from seasoned interior designers as they give strategies and insight of how they built their businesses and continue to work in the field. Together, we will discover supportive trade partners, new ideas, creatives, and inspiring artists from around the world. I am your host, Rachel Lorraine Crawford. So what do we have on the dock for today? 
for today, I have a, uh, you know, it's a weird question because it's okay. more about maybe like psychological block. Um, I wonder if maybe you would help me again, like from your personal experience. Um, I feel um, a blocker uh, selling furniture because okay. I, I, yeah, I always feel like, oh my gosh, like I'm going to spend an, at least an hour for sourcing some pieces, right? And if it doesn't work for them, then we will need to spend another hour, right? Uh, and sometimes it doesn't make any sense. For example, if it's a side table, right? Which is like 500, yeah. for example, right? Like, does it make sense to spend yeah. all, you know? Yeah. Those are thoughts that are stopping me from uh, procurement process. And as I was telling you before, uh, before COVID and during COVID, I transferred my business for uh, like remote uh, style, right? And uh, handmade procurement was something that I decided to uh, not to include in my business um, structure. But I, I, again, like I realized how much money I'm leaving on the table. And again, I have a lot of expenses like design assistants, draftsperson, etc. And I need to cover all of this. <laughs> yeah. So uh, the main question is, I have a psychological blocker because I know that uh, clients technically can order a lot of pieces by themselves. Yep. And uh, it doesn't make sense for me to be involved in it. And second part of it is if we are sourcing from something like um, a really cool uh, quality pieces, um, like Vanguard, you know, like all those brands that are represented in High Point and Las Vegas um, market, right? These pieces, they require procurement, uh, meaning I will need to uh, schedule the one day installation day. Those are extra, right? Does it make sense for client to pay those extra? hours right and like for storage for inspection you know all these extra costs are stopping me um from including this um so yeah. i would like to work okay so um you said well does it even make sense for me to be involved in the purchasing process i want to go back to that um why don't you think you need to be involved in purchasing because um because some of the pieces especially when we source it online they can be easily bought by client and my initial idea because again like i was listening to different podcasts and different designers and a lot of them are saying like we should not share our trade discount and i'm like oh if i i'm like not sharing the discount i mean not discount like special pricing with clients right and i'm charging extra for my procurement services it doesn't make sense for okay. that to buy from me yeah let me let me ask you this mm -hmm. who, who are your current clients that you're working with where are you shopping what do they do like can it give me a little synopsis of who they are yeah so currently i have two large projects going on and one just a kitchen remodel uh in the bay area um mostly they are families uh I believe mid-age, right? Are they, do they work full-time? Both of the... Yes. Um, one one project, no, it, it's just the husband who is taking care 
financial. And so does the partner have time to make the purchases and wants to make the purchases? That's a good question, actually. Yeah. Um, yeah. I'm not sure. I'm not sure. Okay. Um, and then when you do, I have more questions. I have things running in the back of my head, so I'll share with you in here in a second. Um, kitchen remodel. Are you purchasing cabinetry, countertops, backsplash, fixtures, that kind of thing? No. What, uh, for all the um, pieces that are structural, uh, that wasn't part of my plan to purchase it for me. I was thinking just about furnishing furnishings. Okay. And your clients, are? do you feel like, like they're viewing the design um, services that you offer as a luxury or are they like... I'm trying to get a scope of like who these people are because um, I would imagine they're looking at this as a luxury service that you're having to offer them like a concierge service. Yeah. So let me, I'll give you a couple of scenarios of like when I do purchasing and when I leave it up to the client. Mm-hmm. Um, and this is what we're going to do within the studio at the Design Kevin Studio. So when I'm working with people from my own personal um, business. Usually the people that I have are entrepreneurs. Um, they're business people. They are very busy. They mm-hmm. don't have time really. Right. So that's why they want to hire a designer to execute the design, to create a beautiful space that helps support them, um, because they don't have time to do it themselves. So in that case, I offer procurement as a way to relieve them of stress from having to purchase products to arrange the delivery, um, scheduling all that. It it becomes a headache, it's a burden on them. So we're offering procurement as a service to relieve that burden, to handle all the details for them so that they don't have to worry about it at all. So those clients are are kind of toward the top. Um, Second tier would be um, maybe a couple where you know, one partner is working and they're doing all the things and then their partner is stay at home. They handle the business of the house. So then in that case, I might, I would still offer procurement to them. And if they say, you know what, I actually have a lot of time on my hands. I don't mind making all the purchases and um, scheduling the deliveries, but that's something you want to ask. You want to offer the service because you want to be able to give them full service interior design. Full service interior design includes setting everything up, fluffing everything, all the parts and pieces. Um, Because you're a high-end, you're a luxury service provider. And you think of going into a five-star hotel, boutique hotel, you wouldn't ask them to wash their own, you know, laundry or things in in, that they're using, right? Or, you know, so you want to present this kind of like on a silver platter this is what I have to offer and then if you know that's too much or or they have the ability to have someone like their partner take care of the logistics then that's fine you can do that but I would definitely offer the full service and put your price on it um lately like this past project what I did is I I was giving a discount um, because again, I was feeling the same way you were, where I was like, oh, you know, that doesn't make sense, but it does make sense because you're putting, you're doing so much work. And then when I was doing it and I gave them my discount and I charged procurement, I was still resentful 
that I'd given them a discount and I wasn't making the money because things ended up taking a lot longer. I'm running around the stores. I'm meeting delivery guys. The delivery didn't show up twice in a row. I had to reschedule it for a third time. Like all this stuff happens and it always happens. It's never a smooth ride on any project. So you being able to offer this service is a service and it needs to be paid for. And you need to get paid for it through marking up product, not giving your discount and having that fee attached. And if that fee is too much, that's fine. They can purchase it on their own and then you're kind of cut free from it. So that's kind of like that compromise of, of, of where you are. That's something that I would definitely have. And, and same thing like with, on install day, like in your fees, like in your hourlies or your, your flat rate, you can have all that procurement, you know, all that. And then if you want, you can also do like a daily hourly fee or something when everything's in the house to come back and fluff it all, especially if they're doing their own procurement, they're still going to want you to come back and make sure everything is right because they don't trust themselves to put the things in the right appropriate places. And sometimes it just needs your touch to fluff things up because when they look at it, they're like, this doesn't look right. This looks flat. This, I'm missing something. And you're like, let me come in. I'll take a look at it. Put things where they need to go. Because people put the weirdest, they put a sofa or a chair in the weirdest place. And it's like, that's not even nowhere near the floor plan. <laughs> it's like, I don't even know how you got that over there. You know, it's, they just start thinking the same way that we do. Um, and then you can say, okay, here's where we are. I recommend we go and get some accessories to really jazz this up. And then you can say, what's your budget for accessories? Or you can be like, I'm going to go get accessories. And you can go to places like DRC where you can check out all the accessories, bring them into the home. And then the client can see it completely done and then say, okay, I want to buy that, 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 and then return, you know, the rest. And, and you're right. It is a mental block, especially when you're saying, well, why would they pay me to like come in and on the day of install, like that's going to cost too much. And it's like, that's us thinking it's costing too much. Just because you wouldn't pay for somebody to come in and do that doesn't mean that they wouldn't. They're hiring you for your service or hiring you for your eye. They need that designer touch because they can't they can't do it. It would be like an accountant telling you, don't pay me to do taxes. That doesn't make sense. Go use TurboTax. And you're like, I don't want to use TurboTax. Like that is stressful to me. I just want to hire somebody to do it for me that knows what they're doing so that I don't make a mistake. Right? Thank you. Yeah, that's really helpful. You can you can always offer it. If they don't want it, then they don't want it. Actually, because I actually I realize that uh, again, like the uh, current project uh, where I have a again young family. They have two kids. Uh, she's in uh, medical industry, uh, and he's a software engineer. Um, yeah, they're busy. Uh, so I'm I'm gonna offer them this service because um, again, like I see that. Um, I, I think that they struggle, yeah, and I think that that's a good idea to offer that to them. At least, like, they can choose. Yeah, they can choose, and it's a service. You're serving them. You're offering them the service. They might even not know that that's a possibility, and you offer it, and they're like, oh, my God, like, I can just pay you to make these arrangements to place the order and get it right, and if something goes wrong, you're going to be the one to handle it, and I don't have to worry, like. That's another thing that I'm afraid of. If something goes wrong, I will be the one to handle it. They don't want to deal with that. Just think of all those horrible phone calls. You have to keep calling, you know, the 
defender or your rep or like oh and i've been through it i've been through it when i uh, scheduled the uh, install day and a uh, huge truck delivered our perfect white chairs and then they took it with their like dirty gloves it was a white glove delivery yeah and you on site saying where's your gloves no, I, I don't know like what happened i because everything was fine but then when they put the chairs inside the room i saw some marks and clients saw it and i'm like whoa guys like this doesn't look right like what happened like yeah so i had to handle it and luckily the, the receiver and the white glove delivery uh they were good people so they took care of it by sending someone to clean it but again like for me it's oh my god like i'm so scared what if it's damaged what if i don't notice something because I'm such a person that, you know, I feel guilty for some reasons um, and I feel guilty to charge clients, you know, for my time to kind of resolve in this situation. So, but that gets paid at the procurement fee. Exactly. Yeah. So you think I can still like maybe mm, eat those expenses for me, like handling these situations, right? But you're not eating those expenses, you're getting paid because you're charging a procurement, you're getting a 15% or 20% or whatever it is, plus you're making commission on the product. So you got to think about it that way. Um, you know, like that's, it's almost like an insurance for them. So you, you wouldn't, you wouldn't charge for such situations when you need to handle the returns, right? No, not if I'm getting paid procurement. Okay. Yeah. Makes sense. So like if I sell, you know, if I'm selling a $5,000 sofa and I'm making, um, 15% on that, 750 bucks to place that order and to be the one to schedule delivery, install, and if there's a problem, I'm on the phone fixing it. That seems like a pretty good deal. Plus, hopefully you would have made a commission on top of it as well. So my next question then, because I heard one of my uh, designer friends, I don't know why exactly she was sued, (laughs) but I know she sells a lot of furniture. And I believe, I remember that she was mentioning that one of the products came in a box and client was able to search it online. And they were super unhappy finding out that she sold it at a higher price to them. Uh, and I understand this, uh, this is like a big box stores, right? And family business, like we don't buy in large quantities. Uh, but, but again, I have a blocker that I kind of know that they can find it online at a better price, you know? Yeah. So when you have products that you're selling from a big box store, say West Elm, and they can buy that same leather sofa on their own, this is what you basically you're telling them. Like you can be fully transparent and be like, this is where I'm getting it. This is the price online. It's $2,000. I charge a 15% procurement fee to order this for you. So it's an extra $300 on top of whatever it is or 400, whatever it is. And just let it out there. You're not trying to hide anything. I wouldn't try to hide anything. And I wouldn't mark up that sofa if you're getting, you're, you're getting a discount. So you're making 20% on it. Yeah. I'm I'm not even talking about retail shops, but for example, um, let me see what brand was visual comfort, for example, right? Uh, if you buy a lot from them, they give you give you an amazing discount, but all their items can be found online. So do you think like, should I check in advance and make sure the price that I'm selling them uh, is kind of slightly lower or the same as online? No, I would make it on, I would make it at the retail price. Mm-hmm. 
I would sell it at the retail price that they're selling it to the public. I wouldn't mark it up because you're gonna you're gonna get you already get a twenty percent discount on it, so you're getting money there, and then you're gonna sell it to the client for what they can get it online plus your procurement fee. Yeah, yeah. So again, like here is a question: online they would get it cheaper because they don't have to pay. Then let them procure it. You're gonna offer it at the very beginning and say, if you want me to pro do procurement, my fee is fifteen percent. If you don't, then you let them buy it themselves. Okay, I love it. Thank you. Yeah, you're just going to be upfront in the very beginning. It's not like you're hiding anything. Yeah. Do you have it in your contract, Rachel? Um, but like describing your um, uh, procurement and like markup, you have it all marked there. It's in the contract, and it will say that if you choose to have me do procurement, it's you know between ten and and twenty percent mm -hmm. of the cost of goods, and you'll pick either ten. Like I'm just giving you a range. And then you put, you know, it's 15% procurement fee on the cost of goods sold. And it covers me purchasing, making claims, setting up delivery scheduling, blah, 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 blah. Mm -hmm. And it's just out front. And then I have a separate line on my invoice that says procurement with the percentage and what it's for and then the price. What's mm -hmm. there? And they get, they're getting all the pricing. They see all the pricing. And like I said, I want to mark it up higher than retail. Oh, okay. So interesting. So for your procurement services, it seems like you don't charge per hour. You are rather including this per 15%. Oh, I see. But that. I charge a design fee. I charge a flat rate design fee separately. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it makes sense. Because I thought I would do procurement on an hourly basis. Um, but you're saying like we can do just 15%. Yeah, yeah. I don't charge an hourly fee for procurement. It's just a, a percentage and it keeps things super simple. That's cool. Yeah, this makes sense because some pieces, right? Like sofa again, it's like it itself out because you're going to have a bunch of stuff where there's no claims, it's no issue. And then you're going to get the one thing where you're spending like four hours fixing it. But, you know, it, it washes it, it, it washes itself out. So. Cool. Yeah. Thank you so much again. I just need to, you know, um, be more confident, I believe, in my this in my in my luxury service. Uh, and as long as you're upfront and you share like how you operate and how you work, I think a lot of that too is just setting the expectations. Um, you can either have me procure or not, and it's like we do this or we do that. And if they are penny pinchers and they want to try to get a discount, then you let them do all the procurement and you let them figure out their delivery and their scheduling and they don't get access to your discount like I I definitely would not give them access to that or even in procurement I you know that discount is made so that you can make money as a business owner yeah um another question if I space if I source pro, uh, products uh that they cannot have access right that's also part of this thing right yeah so if they get access well, part of having the benefit of having a designer is, is having access to design only, trade only showrooms. Um, and in that case, you know, I again, I would charge them retail or you can with those things, there's more leeway to make more money. So you could possibly give them a little bit of a discount if you wanted to. But that's kind of a slippery slope. If you give them a discount on some things and you don't on others. You know, then it's there's the question about why this and why that. And so if you just are kind of straight across the board, and if you can provide them with products that they can't get elsewhere and make more money on it, even better. 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, quick question. So for this percentage, uh, a certain percentage procurement fee, do you include the receiver and white glove delivery or is it charged separately? It's charged separate. Separate. Okay. You're still going to charge for delivery. You're still going to charge for white glove. Do mm -hmm. not eat any of those fees. You're going to basically transfer those fees over to the client. Yeah, so it's kind of compartmentalizing each one of these services and fees. And I don't charge procurement on shipping fees. So it's just purely the cost of the goods. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because otherwise it will be like some issues with taxes. Yeah, and I just feel bad. I feel, I don't feel right about charging a procurement fee on a shipping fee. Yeah. And also if you hire someone, like, do you prefer them to go direct or through you if you involve some, I don't know, consultants? Like a contractor or? Not a contractor, because I know like with contractor, we, we, they should go directly, but I don't know. Let's say uh, camp industry. Okay, again, like custom camp industry, right? It can go through. Yeah, that's procurement fee. Procurement So if I'm selling a kitchen, I offer procurement. So if I'm placing the order for the cabinetry and all of that, scheduling them for install and whatever, working with the contractor, I'll charge a procurement fee on that cabinet. Yeah, makes sense. And I'll do the ordering and, you know, but then it's on you. You have to make sure the order's right, the finish is right, you know. Yeah, yeah. This is anyway something that I'm doing, so yeah, I believe I'm a freak controls. Anyway, I believe we don't have much time. We have around four minutes or three minutes. Uh, do you mind if I show you the schedule that um, I actually, again, talked to my <laughs> uh, design friend and she uh, shared with me uh, your schedule because again like I wasn't a fan uh, again I feel very guilty because uh, my project started in June it is still going on <laughs> luckily permits took some time but I believe that um, again like I was uh, what do you call it walking through different situations uh, different project situations and I I myself feel like I'm I have a delay because of me so that's why like, I would like to ha have more structure oh, yeah. and stick to the plan. So this is what she uh, shared with me. Is this and a living room or a remodel or what is this for? It is remodel. Yeah. Remodel. Yeah. yeah. Conceptual phase, draft one, review and feedback, three days, time percent revision. Okay, so she's got like nine days from draft one to final draft. That seems a that seems a little fast, mm -hmm. but I mean, everyone, you know, operates differently. Yeah. Um, draft one, schematics. I mean, this, I mean, yeah, like two weeks, like a week for that material selection. So she has a week of selecting materials and then meeting with the client. And there's back and forthness for five days for a week. And then the designer has a week to get back to them with the new draft and then a week for them to revise and then selection. It seems like everything's happening in a week. It's hard It's hard for me to kind of capture this. I kind of do things differently. Yeah. Like, mm -hmm. uh, like I feel like the revisions for the designers, I think, I don't know. I, I don't know all that's happening. I, I'm a little bit out of context as far as all of this. So it looks like she's got from basically conceptual draft on 20th of February, and then she's purchasing in April. 
Yeah. To me, that's fast because again, like you have several projects going on, right? Sometimes we're busy with another project. Yeah. I mean, basically, if I'm doing like a, let's say I'm doing a, not a remodel, but I'm doing a, um, a living room, I would say I would do like a meeting and site visit. And then um, I will get back to the client probably within a week to show them a floor plan and concept. Mm-hmm. And then another week to show them my selections. If they need to have any revisions, I try to do that within a couple of days. I don't want to, you don't want to do too long of revisions because they'll just keep going with it. So I try to keep the revisions super short and then get back to them within like a day or two and then start purchasing right away. Mm-hmm. So try to do that within like three weeks. Mm-hmm. Okay. Sometimes I've done them faster where I, I do the floor plan, the concept, and I'm picking everything within a week. Yeah. That's like, that's when you're having, that's when you're high pressure pushing it. I don't recommend doing that. Um, so I'd say a living room probably be like three weeks. Mm-hmm. And then a kitchen, you know, it's a little bit different because I'm doing a site visit, a measure. Uh, I'm getting them to finalize on the, on the layout. And then from there, we're picking appliances, it's going to a showroom to pick appliances. And then I'm plugging them in, where do they fit? And then I'm having to create an elevation for the cabinetry to get a bid. And then we're picking a countertop and a backsplash. And a lot of times those clients, you know, can be really wishy-washy and having a hard time solidifying that. But other times we can get clients that are super fast. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it all kind of depends. And I would maybe look at your past, if you're able to look at past projects and just see how fast you're working with the typical thing is for you um, and kind of just analyzing what you've done or where the blocks are what what's sucking up your time what's where are you procrastinating or where are you feeling like you can't move forward yeah that's a great question um, sometimes I have uh, small things uh, coming my way and I start to resolve them and I lose time for the like um, for my set schedule, right? And then I move it and move it. Blocker, uh, I also have this 3D service that also takes time and the detailed drawings. Um, and sometimes uh, we, most of the time, we prepare all the innovations before they start the building process. Yeah. And then when they do the framing, right, we have to revise. Yeah. Um, yeah, those are like time suckers. Me as well. Oh, another question, really quick, that I wanted to ask you: Do you have any? Uh, I know it's kind of personal, but do you have a perfect ratio for or, or a quantity of projects that go at the same time, like in a month? How many do I have going at the same time? Right now, I have like a, a like a living room studio situation happening. I have a full house remodel, which we're in the very beginning stages. I mean, we've picked everything out. Now we're just shopping for GCs. Um, I have two kitchen remodels that are about to go. I have one that's about to go into demo. I have a bathroom that's in full demo right now. And then I have another kitchen that's about to go into demo. Mm-hmm. I'm in the beginning stages, there's probably four large projects happening at the moment. Yeah, which is kind of a lot. Yeah, even, even, even um, creativity wise, like uh, I feel that Sometimes I need less because I, I simply don't have any energy to generate ideas. Um, yeah, demo. Yes. 
Okay. Oh, last question. Yeah. Uh, so you mentioned that you uh, you pick all the finishes and then you start bidding for GC. Here is the question. So does it mean that you have all the design concepts approved and drawings ready? Everything's done before we shop for GC. I have all the fixtures picked out. I have all the appliances fixed, picked out, all the finishes and the drawings are done. Interesting. Yeah. Because if I don't do it that way, a GC will bid out a project at the lowest end just to get the job. And then you're like, oh, you know, I'm not doing a six inch backsplash made out of the counter. I'm taking that tile all the way up. It's a full bathroom that's getting tiled. And then they're like, oh, okay. Cha-ching, 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 cha-ching. And then they're like, and what's the layout of this tile? I'm like, it's a herringbone. Cha-ching, cha-ching, cha-ching. You know what I mean? It's like, then your client's looking at you like, uh, you know, what what's happening here? Oh my gosh, yeah, that's my fault as well. That's, that's something that I need to change as well to tell them. Like, yeah, it just gives them you know, all the full picture. You want them to have the full complete picture so they know what they're getting into. They can bid it correctly. And if you have a contractor that doesn't understand that or wants to like lowball this and then do a bunch of change orders, that's not serving your client. You don't want that kind of a contractor to be on board or to be on your team. Like that's the worst. Yeah, and that's something that I always want to avoid. Uh, yeah. Okay. I always tell them I'm doing screwless plates and outlets and you know i want everything on a dimmer and we're doing you know little four inch cans like i'm very upfront with them and like all my finishes are beautiful i have higher end tile i'm doing a ton of you know these patterns and it's going up the wall like i'm very upfront with them i don't want any surprises yeah thank you so much hey you're welcome you've been listening to the holistic interior design business podcast if it's one that you have been enjoying please share with anyone else that you think can benefit from this knowledge and leave us a five-star review that helps us get seen and found by other new and aspiring interior designers and if you're looking for mentorship i invite you to join our club here at the Design Coven. It's a bridge between school and real life interior design. We get in much deeper there. We have virtual and in-person events. So everyone is welcome. You don't need to have a design degree to be part of it. Just an interest in holistic interior design. I also want to thank our editor, Marcy Ferry, Blake Ferris for all of her special help with the podcast, our social media posts, newsletter, and lastly, Kinseth Thibodeau, who is our music composer. Until next time, be well, and we will see each other soon.